Hey, Purpose Peeps, welcome back to the Black Girls of Purpose podcast. I am so excited for you all to hear today's episode with Azani Fitton. She was a guest we had on the podcast back in 2020, right before the pandemic began. And you'll hear us talk a little bit about that in this episode. But our conversation got real. It started out talking about transitions and and, and moving across country, and it ended with just the importance of knowing our God-given identity. And so if you have been in a season or a time in your life where you feel like God has kind of stripped away all the things that feel normal to you, all the things that you have previously associated yourself with, you are going to love this episode. And I hope that it's going to provide so much encouragement. As a heads up, I want to let you guys know this will be our last episode for this season because shout out to Shauna. If you're listening to Shauna, which I know you are, she is a longtime podcast listener. And she said, Bree, so that you can keep from burning out again, why don't you do things in seasons? And even though I put season five, season six on things, right? I have never actually stopped between seasons. I'll just put a new season and then keep going. So this is our last episode for this season and we'll be back later on this fall. Uh, I am so excited about this next series that we're going to be doing all about transitions. And it was really the perfect segue because we talk about that a lot in this conversation with Azani. So I'm going to stop rambling so you can listen to the episode. I hope you guys enjoy it. And of course, stay connected with me over on Instagram at BeLightFootSmith if you just want to see behind the scenes of what I'm up to in between these seasons. I'll talk to you guys on Instagram. Enjoy the episode. Azani, welcome back to the podcast. I'm so glad to have you. Thank you for having me once again. It's been a few years. Time flies. Yes, it has been. Yes, 2020. It was like the height of the pandemic. How did the, the pandemic even started when I interviewed? It was right. We interviewed like maybe a couple of weeks into the pandemic, I believe. Wow. So it wasn't a pandemic then because we were just like, oh, yeah, this thing. And like people are just off work for right now. And yeah, this is fun. You start seeing people at the park with their kids more. And everyone was just yeah. looking at like this extended vacation. And then it became clear that that's not what yes, we Yes. And now it's what, almost two and a half years later? Yeah. Crazy. Times are crazy. Yeah. Insane. So I know we'll get into that in our conversation, but please reintroduce yourself to the people who've heard uh, your previous episode here on the Black Girls of Purpose podcast and then introduce yourself for the first time. And I know those are two different things, right? Like the seasons have changed. And so so, uh, just share a little bit more about who you are. I'd be happy to. So my name is Azani Fitton. I am, first and foremost, a child of God, a follower of Christ, Um, and I am also the previous owner of Career Uncaged Resume Writing. So I owned a resume writing business for about two years. My background is in human resources, HR, 
So I used to be a recruiter. I now am still in HR, just doing a different part of HR. Um, and I actually grew up in the Midwest, but as we'll talk about in this episode, I recently moved to California. Definitely am in a season of transition, but it's all good transition. Um, and a little bit about me. On the last episode that I was on here, we talked a lot about purpose. Um, that's like the core of my heart and what I love to talk about is purpose um, and partly because being a recruiter previously, I helped connect people with opportunities, um, but I feel like when it comes to being a child of God and walking with Christ, work doesn't always look and feel the same for us and I don't think it should because we're called to pursue purpose, not just job or a paycheck. So that's a little bit about what we talked about last time and a little bit about me. Yes, y'all know, or if you don't know, we actually have a shirt on the Black Girls of Purpose shop that says purpose over profit. And that message just comes up again and again because I was talking about this actually with a with another guest. I think that sometimes when we're in seasons where we feel like God has told us to do something, especially if it starts to get big, there is no like, oh, you're going to detach yourself from it. It's like, no, there's no way. You wouldn't tell me to do that. You wouldn't have this build up where it's, it's a profitable brand or business and then tell me to walk away from it. And at the end of the day, you know, that's where your conviction has to come in and you really have to be intentional about creating margin for God and talking to him. Because I think that if you are an achievement-based person, it's so easy to just go, go, go and never take a moment and say, hey, God, I know this was the instruction three months ago, but has that changed at all? Like, is there another assignment? How long is this one going to last, right? And that- so funny you say like, that, Bree. What'd you say? It's so funny you say that because that- perfectly speaks to my experience with my business. Mm -hmm. um, and I love the fact that you brought that up because I think according to the world standard, you know, you're successful if you can build a business and sustain that business when it's profitable, right? But if you close a business, then that could be a sign that you're failing or you're not doing well. And it's so funny because I closed my business as I was instructed by God when it was doing the best. I felt the most confident in my resume writing because it takes time to like build it up when you start a business to actually feel good about what you're doing and delivering and I closed it right when it was getting really good I thought I was doing a great job but it's because God wanted to transition me and had I not listened or had I chosen to continue to pursue it I would not be where I'm at now in California and all these cool things that have happened so I love the fact that you brought that up yes yes and I think it's a trust factor, right? And it's a, obviously it's a faith walk because Hebrews 11 says like faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So if you see it, it's probably not faith, right? Like if you can say, oh, I'm doing this because God told me this is what's going to happen immediately. And some, I understand that he will speak to people in dreams and visions and that kind of thing, or he'll give you a word, but I'm like, okay, even that though, is not a physical thing. You can say, I'm doing this because this is going to happen and I'm looking at it right now. It's That's where the hope for part comes in. He will usually make some kind of introduction. And I think that's even just to get you in alignment or if you're out of alignment, it helps you to say, okay, 
here are some steps you probably need to be taking over the next few weeks, months, years even, because this is the larger vision. So tell us about, tell us a little bit more about that experience. And, you know, when you did shut it down, did God let you know then like, hey, I'm shifting you out of the city you're going to be moving. And that's why this won't work right now. Or was it more of a just listen, child, close it down and I'll give you more details later <laughs> when we get in the car, right? Much the, the second one. Yeah. So I actually found out I was moving months before uh, I shut down my business. So I found out I was moving, but I honestly still intended on keeping my business um, after I moved because I didn't see why I would close it. I didn't have any incentive to. Um, and for me, I love that you brought out like brought up the ways that God speaks, because to me, God does not speak to me in like dreams and visions and stuff. I wish I was one of those people. But for me, there's always an inner knowing. Like I know when God is like, ah, it's time for you to move or it's time for you to shift. And like in prayer, I just I just felt it. And I knew that God was saying that it was time for me to give that up. And I think it was because he he was calling me into a season of rest, honestly. Um, prior to that, for the years prior, I owned a business. I was getting my master's degree and I worked full time on top of being very involved in my church, like going to church four times a week and doing all these things. And so it was very busy. And I think the past year, year and a half of my life has been me learning how to rest. And resting doesn't mean that I'm not doing anything physically, but it I knew that all of my doing was a distraction from me resting. And so that's where I was like, okay, God, you're bringing me into a season of rest. And he was also bringing me into a season of a lot of things, um, a lot of other things, but that's how that process kind of worked for me. And so now I keep telling people I'm in my little season of transition because there's a lot that I've had to transition in the past year or so, but that's kind of like a snapshot. I am literally fighting off tears because that rest part that you said, like, you know, the Black Girls of Purpose podcast, I, I just left. Like I made the announcement that I was leaving and then I just went and people, you know, I even on the very last episode before I brought it back this year, I was like, I don't really know what's next. I said, I'm having my baby and I'm gonna, cause I was pregnant with our third son at the time. I was like, I'm having my baby and that's pretty much all I got for you. And yeah. very similarly, but that's what's so amazing Azani, and that's why I'm getting kind of teary-eyed is I did not have the language to say God was calling me to a season of rest. So like, I didn't feel that way. I felt similar to what you said, I felt kind of like a failure of, man, I built this thing up, which I didn't build it, God did, right? But this thing is getting some traction. And similarly to you, we had the highest listenership we'd ever had when I stopped recording the podcast. And it was kind of like, but I, that's how I knew I was burned out because I didn't even care. I was like, I don't love y'all, hate that y'all came at this time, but like, sis has to go, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, this is 100%. not right. And I just, I mean, I really am, I'm sitting with that because 
someone commented when I shared that the podcast was back and they were like, girl, where you been? And I said, I was off healing from toxic productivity. Like I had to get away from, okay, I'm doing, I'm moving, I'm moving. And like you said, it really is a distraction Mm -hmm. and I can't, and you can let me know what you feel like the source of yours was. Mine was fear uh, specifically because I, I was a mom. I mean, I still am a mom, but just that was my deepest fear in becoming a mom was I'm going to become a mom. And then every hope and dream and goal that I have is just going to go off and wither away like a flower that's been pulled up from the root. Right. And so I stayed in constant motion almost to just try as best as I could to avoid that. Like, well, no, the dreams can't go off and die if I'm always working on the dreams and I'm always working on the goals and I'm always working on the plans, right? And it has been so restorative to see how now in a season where, like you said, it's not like rest looks like, oh, I just wake up at 10.45 and I look outside and I think about God and then I take a nap and I journal and I light a can you know it's not that but yeah. it's literally rest for your soul right yes yes like scripture and says come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest in some rest for your soul, for your yep. soul. Mm-hmm. and I love that you brought that up Brie because I think that has been the thing and this is something that I'm still like conquering like I'm still learning what this looks like for me is I realized how little rest I actually had in my soul because I was distracting myself with all of these external things that I was doing and so now without like now I don't have anything except for my job which is pretty chill did get a little busy earlier this this year but I'm realizing like, oh, I I don't think I've ever really known what rest in my soul looks like. And that's been my season of discovery. And uh, it's difficult. And, you, you know, you talked about the root of where that comes from and yours being fear. I think that for me, and we could go into a whole therapy session, but we won't. But I think that for me, so much of my value just subconsciously was built in how others perceived my successes and what I could produce. You know, because if I couldn't do anything else, I could produce something good. You know, I could rely on my smarts or, you know, and God, God has to remind you first, he has to put your pride in check and he has to remind you like, or he had to remind me, like, that's not where your value comes from, you know, and I'm going to tell you to stop this before that gets in the way and let me teach you what it means to rest and what it means to rely on you. So that's the journey that I'm on now. And I mean, it's still a journey, Brie. I can totally relate. And as you were speaking, the scripture that came to me uh, was Proverbs 4 and 7. It says, the beginning of wisdom is to acquire wisdom, acquire understanding with all that you have. And I think that a lot of us are okay just like knowing the surface level of the thing, right? Um, Even in our relationship with God, to be honest, like people are you know, Mike Todd did that sermon about the Holy Spirit, and he was talking about how so many people just stop at accepting Jesus Christ, and it's like, there's so much more to get from God, not that we're out here like, okay, give me what you got, but, you know, 
kind of as his children I know my children are not shy in asking me for anything that they feel like I have and we should be able to approach him with that same just spirit of expectancy and confidence right when your child asks for food or their favorite snack they're not worried or concerned that they're that you don't have it for them they may not they may be like okay my parent may not give it to me because they don't think I should have it, but they know that you have it. And they know that if that's what they needed, you're going to give it to them. So that's a whole nother conversation. Like, why do we only believe God for the bare minimum? You know, like, so yeah, it's such a great point that you bring up. But I think it's, I think some of that comes from what other people have believed God for or what other people have said, or even, you know, people were, we're in a, a, an era where people are talking a lot about past hurts and past traumas. And I know that for me, there have been things where, and again, not even like I was coming to God, like, okay, you work for me now. And these are my demands. Right. But just things I was really believing in faith for that I was coming to him earnestly about that I did not see come to pass. And there's that part of, there's that wondering of, okay, God, I know you can do it, but you didn't. So why, you know what I mean? Like, why did you not do that? I know that people experience that in grief with loved ones. I know that um, our pastor talks about that all the time. He said, I think it was an aunt. He was in the car and um, he, he received the news that his aunt was like, just kind of she was about to transition, right? Go, go and be with Jesus. And so he was on the way driving to Memphis. I can't remember if he was here, but he was praying like, keep her alive, keep her alive, keep her alive. And she passed while he was in the car. And that just, he was like, what? Like, why? You have one job. I just asked you to keep her alive long enough for me to to go and speak to her and I don't remember what he said because he said he told God that and God gave him a response but I think that many of us kind of sit in that place of you saw me going through that really hard time and you didn't do anything or you know I I made this request and it didn't have a selfish ambition behind it but the answer was still no or you know I expose myself to this person I was vulnerable with this person and they abused the situation or I told them I was open to love and they went to someone else for it you know all these different things that we've built up and some of us have this resentment towards God that we haven't ever put a name to or felt bold enough to say and I talked about this in a previous episode where it's kind of like the mind your manners type of thing and I can we can only speak for black culture as black women but I'm like there's certain stuff you ain't say to you that you just was like okay yes ma'am or yes sir even though you somebody put something on your plate you didn't want it they're like eat it because that's good manners right and I think that we have that same mentality with God of hey he served you at the plate put the smile on and I'm just learning that that's not how he operates, that of course we, we want to show reverence towards God, but when we fake it with God, we're, we're doing so much more damage than we realize. And we're really prolonging our healing process because we're not being honest. Right. 
I love that you brought that up. It's so true. And so much of our culture externally that we grew up in, I think we take into our relationship with God. And I'm so glad you bring that up because, you know, when you look at scripture and when you look at some of like the Bible expresses some very intense emotion from powerful men and women of God, they didn't you know, when they felt pain, they felt it and they expressed it. Um, You know, David in Psalms was not afraid to cry out to God and explain that he was hurting or he was confused or he didn't understand. But what made the difference was that in those emotions, he still was able to activate his faith. He was able to say, I don't understand why this happened, but yet and still, God, I believe you. Yet and still, I know that you're the provider. Yet and still, I know that you are going to take care of me and cover me and protect me. And I think that we have to learn to have both. And kind of like what you said, I feel like in in Black culture, you know, like you're not allowed to express how you feel about things if they may be negative. But I think to God, he's like, well, you can express how you feel. I created your emotions. They're not bad. But in the midst of that, I need you to have faith and I need you to be obedient to me and to honor me throughout that. And I think that's so important. And I think that's part of our growing in our walk with God and our personal healing. I know it has been for me, at least. Uh, a couple of things you said, uh, when you said David, I had made that same thought of like, listen, David didn't pull no punches. He was like, I'm out here in these streets and these, these enemies are coming against me and you're not doing nothing. And then he would check himself and be like, but yet will I trust you he would bring himself yeah. back right and I love uh, Lamentations 3 22 through 24 it says because of the Lord's great love we are not consumed for his compassions never fail they are new every morning great is your faithfulness I say to myself the Lord is my portion therefore I will wait for him like people in the Bible are just like a no they were not exempt to waiting they had to wait a very long time like okay if you're not an Abraham or a Sarah type situation where you've been waiting for 25 maybe I'm God's like I'm sorry what you're not the only one out here <laughs> waiting on your promises right but I think that that faith does come back in and I I know that you know a big part of my something that I was really holding out for and still am is is um being completely debt free right and I remember just having this kind of like you said I, I I've gotten a couple of dreams from God and I can't lie that stuff was cool like I just remember asking God like can you just give me a dream and he gave me this revelation about this coloring book and that we could talk about that offline because I was like whoa he blew my mind <laughs> but there was a particular day where I was journaling and I really felt like I was like, you're going to be out of debt. And I was like, bet, cool, woo, you know, so excited, thought it was going to happen in a particular time and it didn't. And I was like, okay, you know, and even as I'm talking about it, Azani, and, and there are, I had this wives prayer call. We would meet via conference call every Saturday. And I'll tell you, I think that is a root 
in me that is still needing to be healed because the majority of things we pray for on that line, as far as the big things, right? Like, oh my gosh, you're moving mountains. A lot of those things did not come to pass. Like we, we prayed for a sister in Christ's marriage to be restored. It was restored, but then they got divorced again. We prayed for another sister in Christ for God to open her womb and that didn't happen. Um, we prayed for another sister in Christ for her to meet a husband. She's still single right now. So I think that like, I realized I've been carrying that baggage because I think there's also a part of me that was like, did I not have the faith for it, right? Where I just have kind of taken that on and been like, what did I not pray enough? Did I not fast enough? Like, I don't really know. And that's hard to carry. And I know scripture says, come to me all who are weary laden, I will give you rest. And I think that that is still where I am, where God is helping me to, not even resolve things, but just showing me that he really is a God who's in the hills and in the valleys and that he's like, okay, no, you didn't get that thing, but look at how much you sought my face in that season. Look at how close you got to me. Look at all the scriptures that you learned because you would pray them down like on anybody. Like it's, you know, just those kinds of things. And I know there's somebody who's listening that's like, yeah, yeah, girl, God's presence, that's cool. But like, I really wanted that thing, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And I, I I feel that. And I, I remember, again, going back to the, the, to the debt-free thing, I remember standing in my parents' media room one day and I was looking out the window and I was crying so hard. And I said, God, you could do it. Yeah. Like, you, it's not that you can't you can do this. So I just, I was just really wrestling with that. Like, can you just wipe this away? I don't understand. I wasn't even looking in the, and that, I know some of you feel that way too. I wasn't even looking in this direction. Are you the one who gave me the vision? And now what, what are we doing? Like, I don't like this game. I don't want to play it, you know? So how do you, how have you navigated those seasons where you felt like, God gave you a vision for something and then try as you might, you just, it just wasn't coming to pass. Like, how did you get through that? Yeah, I can think of one instance, which I will not go into detail on. Um, but there was something, I guess you can say I'm still believing God for it. And it, it's so funny you bring this up because it wasn't until this past year that I realized I kind of just stopped actively believing for it. Um, it's not that I, like you said, it's not that I didn't believe God could do it, but like you said, like when you're really believing for something, you are praying that thing down. You're like expecting it to happen. And what's the scripture? Like hope deferred makes the heart sick. Like after a while, it's like, okay, I thought it was going to happen then. And then it didn't happen. So then you just kind of become passive. So honestly, for me, God has activated something new in me. Like, no, like it may not look like what I thought it was going to look like it may not happen in a certain timing, but I know that God's plans for me are good. And just because I don't see it happen the way I thought it was going to happen, or even the way I thought it, like I thought it should happen. I've just, I've started believing God again for these big things. And I think I've settled within myself that if God never does this, even though I know that he can, and he wants to, and I don't understand why he wouldn't. I still believe that God is all powerful and I believe he wants good things. And I don't want a 
like a few instances or one instance where something that I didn't where I that I wanted didn't come to pass I don't want that to hinder all the other potential things that he could do through my faith and through my prayers so that's so funny because yeah I've picked I guess you can say I put this one issue on the bookshelf and I was like okay I'll just leave that over there because it is exhausting to believe for something that hasn't happened yet. But I picked it back up and I'm actually excited for what God's going to do. So I am I actually don't have a solution. I just think God did something in me where he was like, no, like, you remember that thing that you were believing for? Like, start believing again. Start praying about that again. So that's what I've done. I'll keep you posted. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> please do keep me posted because those things are encouragements and I know before we got on and prayed and talked about how in Revelation 12 it talks about how the enemy is defeated by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony and you you all you know the things that you've experienced you would be surprised how you sharing just the smallest thing can really reignite somebody's faith again where they can say okay like you said hey I I had this on the back burner because it just hurt too much to care about it it hurts too much for me to just constantly be thinking about this. And sometimes we can make idols of those prayer requests. And sometimes we have put them down because God's like, yeah, you, you have lost your focus. Like you know, <laughs> now you're talking to me crazy. And yeah, so go ahead and put that on the bookshelf so that we can get back to where we need to be. But I think that's where his his sovereignty comes in. And I think that's also where we're able to experience, you know, Ephesians 3 and 20, like that he's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we could ask or think. So what are some of the exceeding and abundant blessings that you've been able to experience within this last year and a half that you were like, I didn't even know that was coming. Oh I my goodness. <laughs> Let's talk about it. I am in a season of transition, like I said. So for everyone listening, I moved from Kansas to California um, about a year ago. Next month, it'll be exactly a year. Um, During that time of moving, I also got engaged. I got a new job. Um, Obviously, I'm in a new city. So a lot of really exciting things happened. Um, I'll share two testimonies two quick ones. So first, the current job that I have, um, I actually prayed for an opportunity like this one for at least two or three years prior to getting the job. And so basically, I knew that it was like God wanted me to transition. And I knew that I wouldn't be living in the in the city I was in for a while. So years ahead of time, I had started praying for these opportunities to open. And sure enough, um, the job that I have now Um, that door opened at the exact right time. And God confirmed it for me. Um, So it was like, I got the call that I got this opportunity. And it's crazy, because it was like, almost 500 other people applied for this thing. I did not know anyone at the company. I'm a random Midwestern that applied for a job in California. Um, And there are people who go to Ivy League schools with all these like credentials. And then there was just me who had just been like, working a corporate job and like started a little resume business on the side to make a couple extra coins and God selected me for that opportunity but he confirmed it though um because what's crazy is so I got the call that I had gotten the job and a few days or maybe within a week after a random guy 
reaches out to me on LinkedIn. I hadn't posted that I got the opportunity. Nobody knew. And he reaches out to me on LinkedIn and he says, hey, I see that you live in Missouri because I was in Missouri at the time. I see that you live in Missouri and I'm actually moving to Missouri, but I live in San Francisco right now. And that's where I was going to be moving to where I got the job at. And nobody knew that I was even interested in moving to California. And he's like, I know this is so random, but I live in San Francisco and I'm moving to Missouri. I was hoping you could just get on a call because I wanted to ask you some questions about moving to Missouri. I got on this call with him. And by the end of the call, he had given me like three names of like these executives in the San Francisco area for me to reach out to. And it's like, okay, that was one way that God confirmed it for me. The second way God confirmed it for me is I was on a prayer call with some of my friends and they did not know yet because I was still like praying, like making sure that this move was what God wanted for me. And so my friend, she's so prophetic and like, she's just great. She's like an intercessor. I love her so much. Her name is Katie. She starts praying on this call. And what she says, she says, Someone on this call, I think this is for you, I see a highway, and the highway is going from here to like California or somewhere on the West Coast, and I think that God wants to transport you either in the spirit realm or in the natural or in some way, and I just see a highway from here to California. That is the most random like thing to see, but that was God confirming to me again that this is what he had for me. So anyways, that's one testimony about this was something that I prayed for. God confirmed it. He opened the door. He increased me. I'm so, so grateful for that. Okay, my next thing, y'all, I'm engaged. I'm getting married. I've been praying for a husband for like years, y'all. I had to go through so much healing so much healing. Um, and we could talk about that process in a different different time. But I was intentionally single and celibate for many years. Um, still am, waiting until marriage. But I had been praying and asking God for healing. And even after years of that, I realized that I still was not healed. I still had patterns and mindsets, you know, from old relationships. I had trust issues. Um, even though I was seeking after God and I was like serving in the church and praying and all these things, there was still like emotional healing that had to happen. Otherwise, I was going to end up in a cycle of toxic relationships, even being saved. And I think that a lot of times we think that salvation coming to Christ means that like all of a sudden everything is fixed. But like there's work that we have to do and things we have to put at the altar. And when God says that he wants to renew our minds and transform our minds, like we, like I had to submit my mindsets and my fears and my patterns to him so that I could be in a healthy place to be able to receive like the person that God has for me. So I met my person. So that's my other testimony is that I am engaged to a wonderful human being. His name is Mitchell. So those are my two testimonies that I can share. Hey, Mitchell. <laughs> hey. Um, I, I love that you talked about how long you prayed for both things, for it to be married and, to, and for the job specifically, because I think depending on your level of faith, depending on your maturity, 
sometimes we think that we're supposed to get things instantly. Like, okay, I'm gonna pray and, and listen, God will do stuff quick sometimes. He's like, dang, I'm barely off my knees. And like, I'm praying for provision that someone just called like, hey, you want to work this side job with me this week? Because I need, you know, extra person. He does that. But, but it doesn't always happen like it that. Doesn't. It doesn't. And I think that when it doesn't, in my own experience, those quicker moments happen mo- really more in my baby faith stage, right? Because God's like, hey, I know we still kind of getting to know each other. You need to build up a track record with me. So let me show you that I am who I say I am, that I hear you when you pray, right? But as we grow and we mature, in the same way with my with my children, I have a five-year-old, a three-year-old, and one-year-old. With my five-year-old, I will tell him, no, you can wait. My one-year-old, I, some stuff is like, I really don't want to give you these fruit snacks right now, but you are, you are your brain is not even like that part of your brain, the whole waiting thing is is a foreign concept. So I'm gonna give you these fruit snacks so you can stop screaming in my ear. With Jade and I can say, okay, I need you to wait 15 minutes or wait till I get off this call or whatever the case may be. And he can do that. And he knows because we've built a track record. Okay, yeah, I don't like that I have to wait, but when mommy tells me she's gonna do something, she does it. And I think that we have to, or not even we have to, there's that expectation with God where he's like, okay, girl, this is not our first rodeo we you and I have been through some things and so it's I would hope that we have enough history where you don't throw a hissy fit or a tantrum right a toddler tantrum because I didn't jump up because oh Azani's praying oh Bree's praying so let me Mm -hmm. like do you know how many children I have I'm listening to all of y'all and I hear all of you and I'm even responding. It's like, we we talked about this on another episode. It's a yes, it's a no, or it's a not yet. And if it's a not yet, I, I, I was reading in Daniel the other day, you know, in the passage of scripture where the, he's talking with the angel Michael and he's like, man, I've been trying to get to you for 21 days. Like, but things were guys like in the, I just love in that passage, he said, literally your words were heard like the moment that you said them. And I think that some people, you feel like God isn't hearing you because he's not responding. And I think, again, that's something that I've also learned and I'm kind of still, you know, not wrestling with as much. It's just, okay, this is different because I used to, I feel like I heard God more just very black and white about stuff, right? I would ask him, he'd be like this, that. And now it's kind of like some stuff is just silence. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I guess I'll go this way. And if it's not right, you'll redirect me, right? But I think that he's also helping he's helping me to, it really does build my confidence because he's like, Brie, we've established that relationship. And I know that you're going to do things that honor me. And so it's, it's almost like, again, with children, you give them a little bit more freedom. Um, and some stuff he's like, well, what do you think? And I'm like, Oh my goodness, Brie, this makes so much sense. You're convicting me and helping me all at the same time. And what came to my mind is, you know, the scripture that talks about how, um, you know, like God desires that we would mature so Mm -hmm. that we are no longer uh, like 
feeding off of milk, the milk of the word, but the meat of the word. Mm -hmm. And what that made me think of is the milk of the word, as we know, like babies drink milk, but also when the baby is drinking milk, typically the mother or the parent has to assist them with yeah. putting the, putting the milk and the nutrients into their body. Yeah. When you mature, not only are, is how you eat different, but what you eat is different as well. And so now when you become an adult and you're eating meat, you no longer have the same assistance that you would from your parent to mm -hmm. actually help you eat. So the way that you in the faith realm would get answers, it may look different. And that is like helping me right now, because as beautiful as the season that I'm in with all the, like this new job, which I enjoy, I love California. I'm so excited about getting married. It's also difficult because it's a lot of transition at once. Mm -hmm. And I've said a lot of prayers and done a lot of praying to make sure that God has me in the right place. And sometimes I'm like, okay, God, do you see where I'm at? Like, are you hearing me? But this is helping me to say like, Azani, you've been through transition more than once now. Like maybe I'm calling you to handle this in a way that I know that you know how to so that you can continue to grow spiritually. So thank you, Bree, for that analogy. That was beautifully said. That helped me and convicted me. No, it's my pleasure. And trust me, like anything I say is because I'm I'm dealing with it too. And I, I remember... Um, even in, you talked about your friend being an intercessor. And I remember when I was living in New Orleans, God would just tell me like, go pray for that person, go pray for that person. It, it would just, and I'd be like, oh. sometimes it would be overwhelming. And now I don't hear that as much, but I still will find myself just being like, well, just ask, you know what I mean? Like you've built that muscle, just ask. And Sometimes it's an amazing moment where someone's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> there was this guy in the, it was <laughs> the Walmart parking lot. And this, I said, do you need prayer for anything? And he was like, are you a tarot card reader? And I, in my mind, I'm like, those two don't even go. Uh, we don't do that. <laughs> I said, I said, no, I just love Jesus. And he was like, oh, me too, me too, me too. And I was like, okay. But anyway, he was praying for a job. He really, he said he had lost um, his job and he, he said he wanted to spend more time with his son and just a lot of different things. And so we prayed, but I'm like, and I remember another time there was a, um, someone who was disabled and they were in front of me. And in my mind, I was waiting. I was like, okay, God, like, if you want me to pray with them, like, tell me. And I, he didn't say anything. So I didn't pray. And then later I got in the car and he was like, do I really got to tell you to pray for someone who needs healing? Like, is that right? That's like, like intercession 101. What are we talking about right now? And I was like, oh, Lord, I missed the opportunity, you know? So, but I will tell you, even with that, that's somewhere where um, I just yesterday, I was telling my, my son something because he was cleaning up and I said, it doesn't have to be perfect. And God was like, did you hear that? And I said, yes, sir. I heard it because I, I just that's where he has me now in that I, I've attempted so much. Um, and again, I, I'm, I'm, uh, this conversation is helping me because I realized that scar tissue from those unanswered prayers has been keeping me from asking for certain things because it's almost like, I don't want to go back to a place where I was, where me and God didn't, I felt like I didn't trust him because I'm like, well, you, I thought you said you were going to do this thing and you didn't, but I want to, like you said about your prayer requests, like I do want to have that expectation again, right? Like I don't want my, one of my, it's not even a fear because fear 
is not helpful at all and fear is not from God, but just a, a, a thought I have sometime is what if I get to heaven and God is like, girl, look at all this stuff you could have had, but you settle for this because this is what you are comfortable with, or this is what you are familiar with, or, you know, you didn't want to, you didn't want scared to ask me for more, right. You didn't want to offend me or you didn't want to, I just, I can't, I don't want to do that. And so I, I find myself regularly asking like am I believing God for more than I used to or have I kind of backed down from that of hey it's just better to stay in the safe zone of well you know he's gonna supply for your needs according to his riches and glory you know that okay cool so I'm gonna just say Lord can you supply for my and he's like that's not even a fun that's not even a stretch right like the basics that's the bare minimum that's not a challenge he's like give me a challenge and I'm just kind of like oh Lord uh, you know, just trying to think of stuff because I also there's just and I I hate that because there's that you know the abundance gospel has messed some people up too where they're only coming to God for those things but it's it's messed people up who are no we do have a relationship but we're like well they make it look bad when they ask you for stuff so I don't want to do that you know what I mean like it's just so convoluted and I hate that yes. I totally agree. Yeah, absolutely. It should all be out of our relationship with him. Right. And our desires should be his desires. Right. Totally. I totally agree. Oh, that's intense. Oh, God's restoring. God's restoring your faith. He's restoring your hope. He's growing your aspirations, your dreams, and he's faithful to do what he promised. I believe that for you, Brie. He is. He is. And I'm, I'm, um, I'm just kind of, I don't know if you've ever heard that, uh, that come again song with Maverick City Music. Like, I feel like that's kind of where I'm at. Like that song really personifies and captures where I'm at, where, I, where I'm also not at a place where I'm, I'm at a place where I'm like, I don't want to just experience you as I have before. I'm not even at a place where I'm like, oh, if I could just get back to that, because there's so much richness that I've even experienced in this season. And like you were yeah. saying, even though before I was, you know, praying stuff down and going out and doing, but I was exhausted and it didn't come from, there came a time where it wasn't coming from a place of love anymore. It was coming from a place of wanting to prove my worth in the kingdom, wanting to prove, like you said, my value to God. Really? Yeah, and exactly. And it was also a, um, girl, this is getting deep, but we prayed before and I said, God, talk about what you want to talk about. So um, there was this fear I used to have of, of, of dying, of just like, okay. Uh, and it came from Moses where he got all he got the Israelites all the way to the freaking promised land and then God was like oh you didn't listen bye you know and I was like bro what isn't that easy to just get like like that?" and so I walked around with that fear of well what if this is the thing that if I don't do it like I'm out God's gonna just be like all right come on because you can't listen you know and so I walked around with that for years I didn't I didn't verbalize it for a long time um and one of my friends 
she actually pointed it out to me. She was like, you know, you talk about death a lot. And I said, I do. She was like, yeah, you talk about dying or God taking you. She was like, I can't count the number of times you've talked about God taking you out, like a direct quote. She's like, and I said, well, I, I guess I just see myself if I'm not doing the most, right, even in the name of Jesus, I just see myself as expendable. Like, well, why would he keep me here if I'm not doing the thing, right? And so similar to you, uh, in this season that I've been in, I'm seeing my value, but it's not attached to a performance metric, right? 100%. And I'm so glad you said that. Uh, Before you even said the word expendable, the word that came to my mind was replaceable. Mm -hmm. Like, and I think that so much for me too, the, everything that you just said, I'm like, wow, I 100% identify with this. And I think that it's easy. And I know I have, it's easy to get caught up in what we produce for the kingdom. And it's good to desire to produce good things for the kingdom and to want to do things for God. Like that's totally godly. That's totally good. And, but for me, at least, I think that it got to a place where I didn't think that I would be fully accepted if I didn't do those things. And in the words you said, I, I thought I was expendable. If I don't do these things, God won't want to use me. He's going to use someone else. Mm -hmm. He's going to overlook me. So I need to make sure that I do enough that God notices me. But he's a good father. And a good father, even if a father has a hundred children, none of those, each one of those children are unique and none of them are replaceable. Even if they get more children it's not going to replace the value and the worth of that individual child um and that's the thing that i think i'm coming to really try to like grasp is that god loves me and accepts me not based off what i produced but based off the position i have with him through christ which he established i can't do anything about it because he established my position by me being his child. And it's hard. It's really hard, like reversing the mindset. And so I totally get what you're saying, Brie. It's, yeah, it's, it's beautiful, but very difficult journey. It is. It is. And I, I'm, I'm, I know I've healed so much, but Mm -hmm. even this conversation is showing me like, okay, there's still some, there's still some, some scar tissue. There's still some, some soreness, right? Like after you have a Mm -hmm. surgery and you have that recovery period and they're like, okay, don't lift objects above this amount of pounds and don't drive for this amount of time or whatever the case may be. I feel like that's where I'm at currently of, and I, what I love and this may be where we end, what I love is just how gracious God is. And, you know, people always give the caveat of this is not a license to be disobedient, especially if God is telling you something specific and you're just like, yeah, not doing that. This is not that, but what I will tell y'all is that scripture says that he is slow to anger and like a, he and he and he's rich in abundant love and 
I'm still, I'm still, it's because it's so far from what we understand as human beings, right? Like me and my sister, and I've, I've started to stop. I've started to stop. Yeah. I've, I've tried, I'm trying to stop doing that. Saying things like, oh, I know God be tired of me. I know he, you know, I know he, he like, here she go again. And God's like, who told you that? You know, kind of like Adam and Eve, when, when Adam's like, we're naked. And he said, who told you that? Who told you I was tired of you? Yeah. When? Oh my goodness. The things we speak out of our mouth that just uh, are not true. And it hurts the like, heart of God because he loves us. Yeah. And I mean, think about the Bible, the amount of times the Israelites were just doing whatever they want. There are literally only like three times that come to mind where I'm like, oh no, God was really mad. Like, and he's, you know, one of the times when they made the idol at the bottom of the mountain, the gold, that's when God was really like, no, for real, I am done with them. I mean, and he said that. He said, I'm going to kill them and then I'll just start the world over with you, Moses. And Moses was like, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I don't normally see you like this. Let's talk about this, God. And God, and even then, God was like, okay, I won't kill them, you know? So if he can be that compassionate towards an entire people group yeah. I don't know why we don't feel like he will be like that with us and again yeah. and I'm, I'm, I'm also saying this for myself because I don't want to just have the I'm gonna just be out here because the Lord know my heart and you know no but he really is compassionate and I see that even in the way that he's brought this podcast back I mean he told me to bring it back. I felt him nudging me to bring it back as early as last October. And I didn't record my first episode until May of this year. Mm-hmm. And old Brie would have just jumped in prematurely. I probably would have recorded a few episodes. And then because I wasn't fully healed yet, I would have stopped again. But I saw God's grace and compassion in that and that he was like, hey, I understand we're still working through some things. And you're not really trying to be like the poster child for purpose because you're still trying to navigate what that looks like for you. Um, and it's literally, you know, you think about uh, uh, so how someone would describe a gentleman and you talked about your celibacy. Like if, if you approach a man and you say, hey, I'm waiting and he says, OK, I'll wait. You're like, oh, my gosh, what? And that's how God is. He's just like, OK, I'll wait because more than our performance he really wants our devotion to him yes and if we are doing all the things but he knows deep down we're bitter about it or we're you know we're not really fully in it that will show and you know, in the same way that scripture talks about how a, a, a good, a bad tree can't produce good fruit, like that fruit will come out eventually. And so we actually are hurting not only ourselves, but everyone who's attached to the thing that we're doing because we've built it up, right? Thinking about if you had kept career uncaged open and God's like, I'm not even over there anymore. Well, then, then the, then the quality of work starts failing and you don't even realize why you're like, well, what's going on? I don't I used to always be able to do this. And God's like, it's because I took my hand off of it. So it's not yeah. sustainable anymore. And so you really do, you know, one of the best things we can do is really just chase after the presence of God. And I say chase, not even meaning you got to be like, okay, Lord, are you over here? Are you over here? But just making that your pursuit because 
where God's presence is, there's peace. And where there's peace, that's when purpose comes in because you understand I am not creating from a place of lack or creating from a place of insufficiency. I'm creating with the confidence that God has given me everything that I need and that he's going to be the one to open up the doors for me. And it's like out of our abundance in Christ is what flows the, the abundance in other areas of our life. Interesting. And the word you, that you used is devotion. And I, we can encourage the listeners, maybe we can like encourage them with the word devotion here at the end. But, you know, in, in the New Testament, Apostle Paul, I can't remember which church he encouraged, but he noticed that um, some, some of his people were getting distracted by like quarrels in the church and getting distracted by all these things happening around them. And Apostle Paul in, encouraged them to get back to the place of pure and sincere devotion to Christ. And I think that's where everything starts. And that's the journey pretty much that I've been on is walking and attempting to walk in pure and sincere devotion to Christ that's not connected to my achievements or other things that I can produce. And I think that's that's our call. And out of that pure and sincere devotion to Christ is where everything else will flow. Oh, so good. I'm going to um, read that scripture just so you all have it for reference. Um, so 2 Corinthians eleven three, 3, it says, but I fear that somehow your pure and undivided devotion to Christ will be corrupted just as Eve was deceived by the cunning ways of the serpent. And like, I mean, even just that, it just shows like, that's how dangerous it is. Like Eve's not having a hundred percent devotion to God messed everybody up for the rest of the world, like until Jesus comes back. And that is really where I'm at. I just want, I'm, cause I, cause, and to the point where there are certain things that I've stopped doing, cause I'm like, mm, this still doesn't feel like my motives are pure. Um, there's still that some of this is still performance driven. And that's, what's been such a blessing again about the podcast is that if ideas come to me, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do that. And I'm gonna record it and I'm gonna schedule it out. And then I'm gonna take a break and then I'll be back. And then, you know, cause it's just, I don't want, I really want it to be a labor of love and I want people to feel the love and the heart behind it. And that comes when I'm doing it from a place of grace and not from a place of like, well, like you said, if I don't do this, I'm like, gonna take my spot or whatever. And what I have seen, and someone said this, it's kind of like, we really have to understand that God is not limited because even to say, oh, well, someone else is going to get it. No, like God, he got enough where he don't have to borrow from yours to give to your someone else. Right. Right. Like, no, yours is just going to sit there. And I think about water. I think about the difference between a river and a swamp. Like a swamp is just water that's stagnant it's not flowing anywhere so it's just swampy gets dirty there's moss and everything like that and a river is is flowing from something right so in our situation we're flowing from God and then it's moving into other bodies of water right and even in that getting that replenishment and stuff like that and so I just want to 
be in that place of flow with God and to be in a place of confidence that says, you know, what is mine is mine in your, it, 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 what is mine is mine. And I'm trusting that you're working out the timing of it, right? Because even you go, it, let's say you said you knew that you weren't going to be staying where you were, but let's say you just took things into your own hand and were like, okay, I'm going to pick a spot. I'm going to go to Maryland. And God's like, what, what's in Maryland? And you're like, I don't know, but like, I'm tired of being in this city because <laughs> that's how a lot of us are, right? We get tired of stuff. I'm tired of being broke. I'm going to be out here. I'm going to get this. And God's like, well, you missed the call for the new job opportunity because you were working the side hustle that I didn't authorize. And so now you're stressed and they're, you're trying to work out a time to do the interview, but they said, oh, that was their only time slot. You know, there's just so much that comes with that. And I shared this on another episode, but our, like our shoulders were only meant to carry so much. And we are constantly putting more and more on our shoulders and it's exhausting. And I think that that's why the pandemic was as transformational as it was because we all had to sit with ourselves and be like what do what am I even doing why am I doing this you know do do I enjoy this is are, are there things on my plate that were just expectations can I do remote work do I want to be in an office like all these questions had to be answered people's relationships got stronger people got divorced like all of that came to the surface because we we slowed down a bit and I think that even as we transition and prayerfully as the years go by and COVID becomes more like your common flu where oh yeah so-and-so had it and you know they're fine they're just taking antibiotics or whatever I do hope that we're able to still bring that slowness that it required because we weren't able to distract ourselves with the things we were normally able to distract ourselves with. Yeah, the busyness. That's beautiful. That's a beautiful hope. I love it, Bree. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on our podcast. Like I said, the Lord just shook this conversation. was like, well, while I have you here, let's talk about some things. Um, Isn't that what he does? That's what he does. That's what he does. And I am learning again. I talked about flow, so it's like, okay, well, he like, okay, we'll put your money where your mouth is. Let's float in. Let's flow. <laughs> let's, let's talk. Uh, I so enjoyed this conversation. I am praying all the blessings on this new season that you're in, and being in California and your upcoming mate. Because I love. I tell people like I love women and purpose and community and I love marriage and the the guy gonna show me someday where the two connect but like I just love it I just marriage catapults you into so many other things and it really it 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 develops you right it's not people a a lot of times look at what you're gonna get out of it but being in that relationship that commitment especially when you're both locked in and like, oh, baby, divorce is not an option. It just, it prunes you and it sheds you and it purifies you. Um, and so I'm so excited for you to embark on that part of your journey. Um, but I thank you for sharing your story with our listeners and let them know 
if you would like, because again, we, we live in this age where it's like, baby, you don't have to connect with me. But if you would like, you could let them know how they can stay connected with you. And thank you for having me, Bree. Uh, this was so refreshing. I'm so grateful that you were thinking of me to have me on. Um, I mean, if you want to follow me on Instagram, I barely post anything these days. But uh, my Instagram is Azani Shalise, A-Z-A-N-I-S-H-E-L-I-S-E. But again, I really don't post anything. But if you want to follow me, I'll follow you back. So uh, that's how to connect with me. Awesome. Well, thank you again. and. Oh, I'm just so excited. Who knows what what updates will happen next time we have a conversation. 